men destroyed as a UFO crash lands in central London. What is it then that they invading? Only way to invade, putting the world on red alert. By God, I'll put this country under martial law if I have to. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on tonight's episode, we will be continuing on our journey of Doctor Who Series 1, the 2005 series of Doctor Who, the return of the ninth, or the first appearance of the ninth Doctor in this series, along with Rose Tyler, and this is Aliens of London, the fourth episode in this series. So who is we? I am Kyle Jones and joining me always on this podcast, Clarence Brown. Hey man, how's it going? It's going good, man. I cannot complain one bit. Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself, man? I can't complain. I am interested to see what we have to say about this episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I, got, I guess we'll get into it, but it, there are parts that are very enjoyable, I will say, but oh, others uh, are not quite so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been going on with you? Anything interesting uh, that you've done lately or you'd oh. like to talk about? Hmm. Well, I'm currently on a quest to figure out how to do a D, uh, DIY teleprompter. So, so I've been looking all on YouTube for instructions and I guess you could buy one off Amazon, but I want to, you know, experiment a little bit. So I have the little project I'm looking into as well as trying to build a PC in an old uh, cigar box, which should be interesting as well. So I got a few, few projects on the, on the way. A PC and a cigar box. Well, it's not the small cigar box, cigar box, cigar box you would think of. It's a little taller, like storage, little, case with glass i'll show it to you it's it's pretty because i'm thinking of because my grandparents used to have this little country store and i'm thinking when you said that the old box that was literally like this hard box that you had cigars with that my grandmother used to give me to play with but you're not talking about that you're talking about something bigger yeah it's more of a case rather Uh, than the box yeah so it's a little bit different but should be cool if i can get it working no so a few little projects what about stuff any any cool thing you're working on or anything you want to plug well, uh, you know, I will say that I had a great time, um, Sunday afternoon. Um, our friend Dave Cooper, Ian Bissett, and the, along with the other, uh, cast of the Cultdom Collective, I was able to join, uh, Mike and Ian and a gentleman by the, who goes by Darth Skeptical for the Cultdom <laughs> Collective. And, um, we talked about Star Trek. So I wonder, you know, there's somewhere else I talk about Star Trek. Oh, on your podcast, the STD, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, which we talked about just last night. I think we're already up to episode 20. Is that right? Yeah, yeah we just got finished finished covering what's past is prologue, which if you haven't been watching Star Trek Discovery, uh, take the seven day trial, get caught up. We're only 13 episodes in and it is really good. Stick with it and the payoffs are awesome. But if you want to hear us talk about it, you can go to stdpodcast.com. 
com. Yes, and you can also check out the STD podcast, the Star Trek Discovery podcast on Patreon. You can find them at patreon.com backslash STD podcast. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's correct. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, give them a check out and, you know, um, support the show if you like. I do notice that, um, not only is there content that's on there, but there's a content that is exclusive to that feed. So, you know, check yeah, them out. Just, just a little bit of bonus content. But I will also say, since you talked about the Cultum Collective, uh, you can find their, um, uh, babblings or <laughs> their insight about all things really cult culture uh geek and uh sci-fi related doctor who you can find that at cultum.com is that correct that is quite correct and one more plug to a gentleman while we're plugging things let's say that lee couldn't be with us tonight but um I will say that you can find out some things that he's been up to over the last year with um the Relativity Podcast. So you can find that at relativitypodcast.com. And it would go without saying that I don't think I would be podcasting if it were not for Doctor Who Podshock. And you can find that on iTunes and any of the podcast players. Just do a search for Doctor Who Podshock. So, yes, indeed. So would you like to get into the review? Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right. So before we do that, if you have not seen the aliens of London, you know what's coming. If you are a listener, you know, this is one of my favorite parts because I get to use a voice or two voices that I'm very fond of. So if you have not seen this episode, put us on pause. Go watch the episode. Find it on whatever means you would like to find it on. Watch it because from henceforth, Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Well, the spoiler warning has been given. So the aliens <laughs> of London. Okay, so let's get started. Um, mm. I'll say just a couple of things. It is written by Russell T. Davies. It was produced by Phil Collinson. And, uh, it is the fourth one in the series originally broadcast on the 16th of April, 2005 in the UK. And it's a part one of two, even though it doesn't say part one, you know, yeah. part two, it is literally a part one of part two. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. And, you know, watching for the review today, I got to the end like, what? There's another part. I don't have time. So, yeah, I totally forgot about that. But it seems like a lot of the unit episodes tend to be two parters for some reason. Yeah. And so just a broad sense of the story. Uh, what did you think? Uh, uh, there were parts of this episode that I found really enduring and that I really loved. And we'll get in that, get into that. But I have to say, for the most part, it had sort of a, a satirical feel. And I don't know if that has to do with some of the special effects or the aliens reactions and look and some of their mannerisms and uh, things they would do, which we'll talk about later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
but but it just had a a real satirical spin to it. And at times I left was left thinking, were they being serious or trying to be funny, or is it just playing as funny all these years later? I don't I don't know. <laughs> okay, so let me let me say my initial thoughts. Out of when we said that we were going to start from Rose forward, there are very few episodes that I can actually say that I was not looking forward to reviewing. This is the first of those episodes. Hmm. Be- and, and, you know, there are redeeming qualities, but the, but I will tell you, you know, I think I said in last week's episode that there are many of these that I have not gone back since David Tennant, um, you know, had his swan song back in uh, 2009, have I watched. This is one of them. And I had no desire to watch this one again if we were not doing what, you know, what we're sitting here doing now. That being said, I'm like you. There are some things that I found endearing that I had completely forgot about that happened in this particular episode. That said, we'll get to the other part later. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question. You know, from my notes, I noticed that um, Mickey is still the bumbling idiot. Oh, and the doctor does not let that go unnoticed. He says it at every chance he gets. And, you know, I want to say the doctor was being mean, but I can't even I can't even defend Mickey. On a lot of these things, because, I mean, Exhibit A, when the TARDIS goes away, he just runs into the wall for no apparent reason. I, okay, Mickey, come on, get it together, man. Get it together. Exhibit B, when they get confronted by a unit, he just runs off and leaves his girlfriend that he hasn't seen in a year. I'm like, Mickey, you're killing me, dude. You are killing me. Oh, man. Okay, so let me ask you. Okay, so you are... Okay, so M- M- Mickey would probably be about my height, right? I'm and I'm about five eleven. Um, I, I have Maybe really have no. Okay, yeah, but, he, but all right, but you're but you're much taller than I am. So you played basketball. I did not play bat, but you played basketball, right? That's correct. All right, so running. So 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 I'm trying to figure out the physics here. Is what I'm what I'm doing. <laughs> so I so did you ever when running like have such momentum that you ran in, you know, like the, you know, cause I'm picturing the mats at the end of a, you know, behind the goal, you've got the mats in case you've got the momentum. Yeah. So is that what happened to Mickey when he runs into the wall? I don't, I've done that before, but I don't know. Maybe he's so, you gotta think, of, I guess if you frame it against the situation, he hasn't seen Rose in over a year. And he sees the TARDIS, hears the TARDIS no- noises, and he's running for dear life because he misses her so much. And I guess I can see it in that sense. But by the same token, dude, you saw her disappear, man. Right. <laughs> and uh... for which you saw her disappear as you were holding on to her leg like a child. Like a sniveling little boy. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I think what happens to Mickey over the course of his story, uh, you know, this is not in any way a dig at Noel Clark's portrayal. He was playing the actor. I mean, the character as he was given and he was, you know, progressed 
brilliantly, so I'm not making dibs. Neither one of us are making any kind of disrespect to Noel no. Clark at all. No, he's playing his role. He's he playing, playing the role that was given to him. Exactly. Absolutely. But, and he did it fantastically, but for the character, he was a bumbling idiot at this point. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad he changes later on because, man, it was, and he gets a little redemption with, uh, uh, on, on the zone. but yeah. yeah, it was, it was, oh, I can't. And then again, the doctor takes, um, he, he does not hesitate to call Mickey the buffoon he is at this point <laughs> and ridicules on it on every corner. But he does get some, he does get a bit of respect with some of the lines he says about, uh, how the invasion would happen and things like that. So the doctor did, uh, slightly pay him some attention. Uh, appreciation, yeah, yeah, attention. Yeah. So I thought that was cool as well. So let me, let me tell you something that I noticed. I want, and I've never noticed it going back and watching it before, but for some reason, and maybe I've been moffatized and, yeah. and, uh, maybe that's why I paid attention to it because, you know, Moffat has a habit of you going back and watching something and then you see, Oh, well, that's what they did. Oh, that's what they meant by that. He kept calling Mickey Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering if, if even though that's his, well, not going to spoil any future episodes, but um I'm wondering if that was a little bit of foreshadowing or if that was just a play hmm. on names. I don't know. That's so far in the future. I don't or maybe this just using it since it happened at this time, you know. Maybe so. Who yeah. knows? And Who Mickey and Ricky, anything? it's just too you know, it's just like if you're not gonna call him the right name and his name is Mickey, Ricky is the closest and probably <laughs> the only other Icky name. Yeah. But I mean, we're talking about, you know, how, how much of a buffoon he is or whatever. But I have to admit, um, in this 12 months, this year, he goes through some really hard stuff. And I can, you know, I can see that scenario happening in real life. You know, his girlfriend just disappears. And who's the prime suspect? Hmm. Mr. Mickey. <laughs> so, you know, although he's he's a bumbling idiot most of the time, I do feel his pain on oh, absolutely. You know, um, uh, being under investigation for this whole time. Because and of her mother. Yeah, yes. And well, I mean, even if the mother didn't have anything to do with it, they probably would have came for him, you know, because he's the next closest person to her. So, again, th- these are the parts of the episode that I loved. Is the Mickey, the Rose, the, the, the Jackie interactions. Uh, those were the really, really good parts of this episode to me. And you know, that probably says that, he, that a good example would have been, that is probably the UK. Because if it would have been in the U, never mind. I was going, you know, I'm going to say it. I was <laughs> going to say if this would have been in the US with the same circumstances, he probably would have been in jail. Because <laughs> the mother is saying, I mean, because his only defense would be she got into a blue box and disappeared. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You might, you might be right on that. You so, right. I mean, that you know, that's not a very good uh, defense. And then, like, I mean, another great moment. You know, this year has passed, and you know, he's of course very, very. um sad that Rose has been gone and he misses her dearly 
And when she sees them, you know, she it's just been a few what a few hours or a day yeah, or two. No, it was twelve hours, and oh, she wow. thinks they're gone twelve it, hours, and she was gone twelve months. Yes, and and she was just like, you know, uh, hey, <laughs> but but I can see his pain there, and even you know, my favorite part from Rimmel here stopped me. No, but go, even keep going again, my favorite parts of the episode was when she went in there and talked to her mother. And, you know, you see all these flyers laid about the table and, you know, her mother, her mother misses her mother. Mother has not seen her in a long time. And I can I can appreciate that feeling and I can feel her pain <laughs> having not seen her child for that long and not knowing where they are. So so some really, really just touching moments in the first half. Of this yeah. Episode. And it makes you realize also not just Mickey. But how far, <coughs> excuse me, my voice kind of got there. How far Jackie came as a character. Yeah. Yeah. And what's yeah. really cool is having met Camille Kadori last year at, uh, you know, seen her at, um, the, um, Hulanta last year and hearing her talk yeah. about that scene where she actually goes in and hits Christopher Eccleston and, <laughs> and, you know, seeing that scene where she hits, uh, yeah. Christopher Eccleston, which was kind of cool to kind of hear the behind the scenes of her doing that and then watching it again. So that yeah. was cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a doctor. Prove it. Stitch yeah. this mate. Uh, Slout. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is really good. So question for you, sir. All right. Go for da, it. Da, da. How many times have we actually seen the doctor get slapped on screen? Hmm. <laughs> I want to say, but I don't think she ever did. I want to say the, that Sarah may have slapped him once, but I'm not sure. I don't really, I, I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. Probably not, but I don't know. Hmm. I not like the, and I, I don't really consider that a slap. I consider that a punch. You didn't slap <laughs> him. I mean, that was almost a fist. Oh, and Elkerson's reaction is just great. His, his emotion that he brings to some of this stuff. And you know, I remember how animated as far as expression David Tennant was, but man, Eccleson is so great in a lot of the things he does. I see it in Tennant, actually, the way he acts and responds. Tennant carried a lot of that over, and man, Eccleson just continues to be a, a fun, great uh, doctor. Expressions and, and one-liners and his franticness, which, you know, when he... When you know he's minding his own business and he sees this this spaceship crash and he's just like super ultra giddy excited and it's just such a joy to see him be excited about it and I loved it. <laughs> so you know what's interesting is you just picked up on something that I had kind of subconsciously noticed but never put vocal words or, you know, spoken words to it, which is, you know, you look at Matt Smith's 11th doctor going from Matt Smith's 11th to Peter Capaldi's 12th. And, or you go back and you look at the first doctor Hartnell going to Patrick Troughton's second or, you know, so forth and so on and so forth. They were all very distinct entities. And I'm not saying that Eccleson and 
Tenant were the same character. They weren't, but it's almost like they were a closely continued character. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that, man. Cool. Because, because, because the way you were saying that made me think of that, that this is the two regenerations that closely, I don't, I don't want to even say mirror each other, but you know, it was like whatever healing that the Eccleston's ninth doctor had was then expanded upon with the tenant tenth doctor. Yeah, 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 certainly. And, you know, again, just to jump back into the episode a bit, I loved how uh, once again we see the doctor reiterate, um, yeah, your family can't come in my TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me domestic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and obviously what happens in this episode, they get in the TARDIS. And I just thought that was really good. And and yeah, yeah, I'm just um I'm loving seeing the you know, he says he doesn't like or doesn't want the family in his TARDIS, but I I like seeing the interaction of all all of them, you know, kinds of come to terms with what the TARDIS is and who the doctor is. And it's kind of cool seeing them, but, uh, see a different Rose because, you know, she's only been gone 12 hours, but yeah, I mean, she even says it herself. How can I just go about my normal life when I've seen all this stuff? And it's just, just again, refreshing and I'm loving it. Yeah. And it, and, and you know, it, it's taken me back to picturing myself watching those episodes on a, well, basically on a CD, on a computer. Because that's that's the way you know I was watching it at the time, and um, you know, thinking, "Wow, this is not the Doctor Who that I remembered." I'm loving it, <laughs> but it's not the Doctor Who that I remembered, and it was so different. And I think you know, it it, it just gets lost when we've now gotten what 13 years since, because it's. 2005 2018 so 13 years since we've you know got so many other episodes and we just don't often go back to these yeah yeah and isn't that the the joy but the curse with something that's been running for so long i mean and we're just talking about new who but you know some of the fans who really want to go back and dive into the classic there is so much material i mean and to be an expert or to be somebody who's seen everything, it takes a lot and you have to really be dedicated. Um, I mean, like, for example, even the Star Trek podcast, I haven't seen every episode of TNG or, uh, or, um, or next generation uh, or I'm sorry, next generation or TOS. So, you know, you can be a fandom of a fan of something, but not having consumed all of the media that's available. But still, you want to. And it's just hard to keep up when it gets to be so many. Luckily, these are short seasons uh, so far. Right. And I, I think that's a good thing. And that's what I love about, you know, post-Ots TV, especially when when it's on digital or on a premium channel. It's shorter seasons, which can be more easily consumed. Yeah, because, I, you know, I think the old format of 22 episodes just – fleshes it out a little bit too much yeah yeah you know you, you you've got those filler episodes that don't necessarily you know mean a lot whenever you boil it all down to it so yeah i'd much rather have condensed and impactful 
So, you know, it's, it, it's funny. Um, you and I were having a conversation. We maybe even been on here, but we were referring to pigs in. And now pigs in space. <laughs> yeah. And we get pigs not from space, but it looks like they're in space. <laughs> Genetically altered brain, brain replaced pig. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, you know, that goes back to your satire that you were talking about earlier. Is that what this was meant to be? Yeah. Pigs fly, I guess. <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. You know, pit when pigs fly and I just got to say it again, pigs in space. <laughs> but, but you know, getting the, getting to the, like the revelation of the actual, um, antagonist or the the enemy in this episode the the slovene i would almost rather it had been some form of a pig alien because i hate the look the mannerisms the flatulence of the slovene i just really do not like that enemy yes they of all the new characters that they have created since this has returned those are by far my least bottom least favorite because yeah. I, I think Doctor Who is better than that. Yeah. You know what? I can see what they were going for. I can see what they were trying to do, because if you really, you know, just step back and think about what they were trying to do in this episode, a highly technical, a lot of special effects, a lot of things going on episode, maybe the biggest one so far. In this series, first two parter. So, I mean, they were starting off with this, you know, probably at the time, a very expensive spaceship scene. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know, the first time I thought the special effects didn't look good, but, you know, be that as it may. And then we have these aliens that have this special effect when they're coming out of their skin. You know, also probably a, an expensive thing to do, I would say. And it just didn't work. And that's and that's fine. I can see what they're going for. It just didn't work. I mean, not to mention the design of the Slovene themselves. Just not appealing to me. Just not appealing. Yeah. I, you know, I think if they would have left it with out of sight, out of mind, meaning you see them start to un literally look like they're unzipping their forehead and then mm -hmm. you off scene see the bright light and people screaming, I think that would have had a much better effect if you never saw what the creatures looked like than yeah. seeing the, you know, because I get what they were trying to do, that you had these huge bodies compressed down and scrunched into this. Fat people. You know, <laughs> you know, and that the, 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 the farting sounds were uh, uh. coming from, being compressed but still that was to me fart jokes are not doctor who material again it it, it led to this satirical feel of the episode to me it just felt like felt like this took place in another universe at least the enemy part the other parts were endearing the whole rose jackie doctor mickey i loved yes loved it agreed. loved it agreed Agreed, agreed, agreed. Because all of those, but see, the, here's the sad part about it. All those things that you just said that you loved, which I did too, I completely forgot about because this <laughs> other was so repulsive. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I don't really know. I mean, what do you think of the plan to, um, I guess we're supposed to gather from this episode alone, not looking to the next episode, that their whole plan was to draw the doctor in anyway and destroy, I guess, destroy all the people who have any knowledge of aliens in space or, or whatever. Which, uh, man, I mean, they don't seem, and they may well be, because again, I know, you know, the, the woman goes on to have a, another, episode appearance later on this season so um you know i know they you know explain a little bit more about them trying to make them bad slash sympathetic but again Mm. i just don't like them (laughs) yeah i'm not a fan i'm not a fan so uh one thing that i did also forget about was tosh from torchwood made her first appearance here wait i totally missed that <laughs> the the doctor was she the doctor yeah yes, that was uh doing the autopsy on the pig she looks totally different in this episode i just might was she do we know if she was playing the same character it, yes because i looked it up because oh. i was not sure because i was like isn't that tosh from torchwood and i was like i cannot believe if it is that i forgot it and i looked it up and, and it is indeed she does look quite different in, in, in that episode to me. And I just also got another connection that I've never put together. She came in the fourth episode, and the ancestor to Gwen Cooper is was in the third episode. <laughs> they did some good casting, and it was like, we got to keep these actors. Yeah. Even, though, even though she doesn't do anything particularly special in the first part of this uh, two-parter. So, I don't know. Maybe she gets more action in the next. Maybe so. But whatever. But if she didn't, kudos to her for yeah. uh, getting a couple of minutes on screen and impress enough to be put in a spinoff. Yeah. Wow, I forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I need to catch up on some Torchwood, too. Maybe at the point where we're in this, the timeline where Torchwood starts. We can start uh, torch wood, Torching Wood? Yeah, I, I might start Torching Wood on the side. There you go. <laughs> All right. So here here was something that I found interesting, and I, I, and I, and I want to ask you your opinion here. Sure. So when the 12th Doctor meets uh, Danny Pink, finds out he is a soldier and is basically repulsed by having anything to do with a soldier. However, Ninth Doctor comes face to face with unit soldiers and he was grinning from ear to ear and is like, <laughs> you know, take me to your leader and all of this stuff. Why did, why I would think the Ninth Doctor having just come from the time war would have been more, Oh, I'm anti-military. Whereas the 12th doctor has had literally by the time he gets there, if he's 900 now, he's had 1100 years of growth. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's one huge difference. And that being that the 12th doctor knows he was the war doctor. Ah. And And I think maybe that can, maybe skew his opinion of war and fighting and guns uh, just a little bit differently than, you know, this, this night doctor who knows he obviously did something, but doesn't remember. So, well, no, know. he remembers, but he remembers that he killed them. He thinks, well, he thinks 
Well, I can't say it because I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> but he thinks what he thinks is what happened because that's what happens to as far as, well, you know, Ninth Doctor Wibbly Wobbly. Yes. Yes. So, so, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he should. Okay. Wow. I totally, totally forget what I just said because it makes no <laughs> sense. You're totally right. I'm, I'm thinking the exact opposite. Wow. Why? You see what I'm saying? So I'm thinking yeah. 12th should, should have been, you know, hey, Danny Pink, you're a soldier. Woohoo. As opposed to Ninth Doctor going, take me to your leader. But, but the Ninth knows he did something bad, but he doesn't know he was the, you know what, doctor. Hmm. So maybe, maybe it could be a little difference. I don't know. I, I'm so. just speculating. I'm not sure. <laughs> good, a good thing to uh, speculate though. All right. So good. And, and, and good points, by the way. Oh man. One of my favorite, my, another one of my favorite moments in this episode is when the doctor is actually watching TV to get it, to get informed. <laughs> which I thought was really great. The little boy changes the channel and he was like, <laughs> no, 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 put it back. Well, yeah, I thought. I had, I got a giggle out of that. Well, here's what I liked about that. All these people that are standing in there or sitting in the room talking about the aliens, et cetera, and so forth have zero clue that there is an <laughs> alien sitting in there with them. Yes. Too great. Yes. Too great. I mean, that to me was, was the best part of that entire montage is all, you know, it's basically saying, you know, alien this, alien that. And and there's literally, like I said, alien sitting there right next to you. Yeah, yeah. And I bet the doctor uh, was like really annoyed sitting there with all those people. Because <laughs> I know I would be in the doctor being the loner that he is. I know he was like, ah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Can't take it. I kind of got that feeling. Yeah, and especially he, that version because he was, yeah. you know, so not anti-people, but just kind of, you know, you're good when you're here, but leave me alone whenever I don't need you. I'm doing something. Yes. I mean, it was one thing I didn't remember in this episode, uh, but I found kind of cool. How often do we see the glowing key? We've seen it. Oh, wow. Did we've seen it again, but I don't remember if it was Donna or if it was if it was Clara. Huh. Do we think it was Clara? I know Clara had the keys that she was stealing from the doctor at one point, but I don't know if they were glowing. Yeah, I just totally did not remember that at all. I thought it was really cool. And interesting tidbit on the keys. Sometimes the keys look like a normal key, and then there are other times that they look almost like a Gallifreyan symbol. What? <laughs> yeah. So they're not always keys. So like, I think the fourth doctor and the third doctor, maybe, but I'm not sure which ones, but different doctors have different keys and they don't literally all, you know, they, 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 they're shaped in the form of a key, but it's not like the traditional keys like we see today. They're, the others are more like a desk, weird desk key or something. Well, I guess, you know, different tar- tardi, tardises, uh, uh, different, different keys. That's okay. But, you know, it might even get to the point where you might even, might not even need a key, you know? Maybe it just needs to snap the <laughs> fingers. So, um, you know, the, the only other thing that I could say about this, um, particular episode is, we get to meet, and I've forgotten that it was in this episode that we met her. We f- get to see for the first time 
Harriet Jones, Prime Minister, or not yet Prime Minister. Spoilers. 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 Um, she was interesting. <laughs> was much more to say. Um, now maybe I'm just not remembering this correctly. I didn't understand. Was she actually there to pitch that medical thing, or was she a reporter? No, no, no. She was really a person that's got a district that was there to do what uh you know she had to do and how she hand well we'll get into that next week but yeah she is yeah. What she's she's there uh, for what she's there for hmm mighty nosy uh but hey perspective woman there's an alien invasion <laughs> yeah but you know the the fact that she went on and became a continuing character up until i think it was 2008 that that she was there through so um yeah she was there through um the two-part finale the stolen earth and uh the the one not journey home but for, uh it, it was that two-part big finale of season uh four or series four so um you know yeah so she was a you know a supporting character for a good four years ah Ah, and we have to mention the, the bad wolf on the TARDIS. Yes, we, we do. Mention that. Okay, I have a question for you. I know I've asked before. Okay. I know I've asked it plenty of times, in fact, but I just want to hear it one more time. Why does nobody else see or ask questions about the TARDIS? Nobody. I mean, of course you have people writing stuff online, but still, come on. Nobody just walks up and says, I don't know. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so Mr. Tech Man, because, you know, the reason I call you Tech Man is because you also do a podcast called the Tech Pedition Podcast, which can be found at techpedition.com. But, uh, Tech Man got a question for you. In 2005, help me remember, camera phones, no, no, not yet, right? Um, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, didn't the iPhone come out in 2006 or was it? 2007, wasn't it? Yes, because iPhone 10, iPhone X was still camera phone or nigh. Somebody (laughs) could be walking and see what's going on. I don't know. It's just just me being people. Well, there was handheld video cameras. Like somebody never took a video of the TARDIS dematerializing. Yeah, but but even to that, uh, even to your point, cameras in 2007 or smartphone cameras they don't even say anything now when the TARDIS materializes maybe there is a perception filter that's maybe. going on that when it starts dematerializing that you it's we we see it because you know we've got that TARDIS translation matrix in our head but uh maybe uh you know, somebody in the Doctor Who world, when it does start dematerializing, there is a perception filter that you don't see or notice that. Maybe. Maybe. Or Mickey. Or Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> but he has been on the TARDIS, though, so um, maybe that's why he could see it. Yep. And, you know, uh, I know we're bouncing here, but another part that I found sad about this episode was... Jackie's interaction at the beginning, and I know we've touched on it, but when she specifically asked her, where have you been for one year? And she says, I can't say. And I'm seeing her think to herself, what has happened to my child that she can't even talk about it? And not realizing from the perception, she's not been gone a year. Yeah. And you can see that Rose is really torn about the whole situation. But not torn enough to call Mickey. (laughs) And she knows that she's been gone a year. 
maybe she didn't know what to say to him, but it, it only feel like, feels like 12 hours of her. Maybe she doesn't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but, but, but you've got to admit when he walks in and she's sit, sitting in the chair and she's like, Oh, I'm having a cup of tea or whatever it is she's doing. And it's like, Oh, hey. Yeah. You had to Mickey feel bad for him. It is a really good moment with Mickey and then Rose in the TARDIS where he kind of like asks her, you know, she, well, she questions him about what he's been doing for the past year. And he still, you know, has feelings for her after all that, you know. And I just think, man, Mickey, uh, you're, you might be a buffoon, but hey, you're in love. Poor fella. (laughs) Poor fella. Yeah. All right. So, um, I just got to say again, I hate the Slitheen. <laughs> I just hate the Slitheen. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't even add to that. <laughs> so was there anything else in the episode that stood out to you? Um, no. Uh, again, I, 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 I love the interactions with the, the main characters more than I love the, the enemy or the unit or anything else. I'm not a, I don't know, seem like I just don't love the unit episodes for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, but, but this wasn't one of my favorites out of the new episodes, definitely at the bottom, but it again has some great moments. Um, well, and, well, let me say this about unit until we met Kate Stewart. The unit that we saw was very different from the Brigadier's unit. And, uh, you know, if you notice in this episode, did he not call it the United Nations Intelligence uh, Task Force? I believe so, yeah. Okay, because that's the original unit name. But then at some point, they become the Unified uh, Intelligence task force or, or whatever it it becomes but it was much more militaristic and it may be because of what we were talking about last uh week about different characters rights being held by different creators maybe they did not uh-huh. have the right yet to use a lethbridge stewart reference or to an to a name or something that makes sense and there was, and, and I've seen it, um, once and I, I would love to go back and watch it again, but it's kind of being a classic fan, kind of sad for me to watch it because, you know, they, they're both, that they both have passed away now, which is he appeared, the brigadier did on the, I think the second to the last or the final season of the Sarah Jane adventures. Ah, cool. And, cool. um, had I'm a hundred percent sure on one part of this, but I'm semi sure on the second part. Had she not died, there was plans to have somehow for Sarah and the Tom Baker doctor to somehow do some kind of wibbly wobbly something so that they could be on screen together. But she died before that. Mm. So that would have been, that would have been nice to have seen. So anyway, um, so are you ready? I guess to let's give our final, uh, vote for the story. Sure. Um, I'll go first. Go for it. <laughs> um, least favorite of the, the, the season or new who so far. Um, definitely at the bottom. I would say maybe a three. 
and that's on the merits of the the family, uh, the Mickey, Jackie, Rose, Doctor interactions, which I thought were really good. Okay, I'm going to totally one million percent agree with you <laughs> because <laughs> uh, I, on the merit of the villain itself. I would give it a point zero 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 one, but on the merit of the family interaction, the scenes that I had forgotten about, the scene where she punches him in the face, the twelve hours versus twelve months, all of that, I have to get. I'll, I'll get it up from that point zero 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 one. I think I put in more zeros to a three. Because of that. Cool beans, cool beans. And just hold on, because if you do not like this Levine, we'll get more next episode. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we will see them defeated. Who knows? <laughs> um, only but time only will time tell. Only time will tell. Yep. That's so, nice. um, anything else that you have before we wrap it to a close? Uh, no, I'll just say if people like Doctor Who, they might also like Star Trek, you know, maybe. Uh, so like we said up top, just check out our podcast at stdpodcast.com. Yeah. You know, I have to say something. One, one, one more thing about the STD uh, Star Trek Discovery part podcast, which is I enjoy not being in the captain's seat or, or at the console as this may be. You know, you get to be in the captain's seat on that one. And that's kind of fun to watch. Well, you know, if you were at the captain's seat or the console, you may be pulling knobs and pushing stuff. And we got a little bit of that, that this episode too. Yes, we did. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. But you know what, guys? I will say you need to check out our Patreon. You know, if you love this show, We'll always say first and foremost, subscribe and tell a friend, you know, that's the best thing you, you can do to help the show. But, you know, if you want to chip in a few dollars to help with server calls, production, uh, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash discussing who. Good deal. And also you can leave us some feedback. You can record a voice message on your smartphone, send it to us. You can do that by sending it to discussingwho at gmail.com. And if you want to send us written feedback, we can include that on the show and we can also play your audio feedback on the show. And we would love to hear your thoughts. If you love the Slovene, let us know because who knows? There is someone out there that thinks nobody, nobody loves the, the Sylvain. And no. if you are that nobody, <laughs> you are somebody to us. So let us know. And if you agree with us and you think that the Sladeen are the worst thing that ever happened to Doctor Who, let us know that and agree with us. We'll play that too. <laughs> All right. So, um, we will be back next week with our review of part two of this particular uh, story and we will find out what happens to the Sladeen and if we find out more that we had forgotten about um, that series one of Doctor Who so thanks for joining us we will be back next time Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible you've probably heard of Audible but just in case they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks they have more than 180,000 titles let me say that again 180,000 
titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. You've been listening you to your free the Discussing Who could be better podcast. than that. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.